0: Today is Wednesday, March 31st, the day before opening day. Welcome back to Chatter from the Cheap Seats. I'm Jack alongside Sammy. We're going to have a great episode. We're going to talk some baseball, we're going to talk
1: some basketball. And we're going to talk some football. Sammy, how you doing? I'm doing really well. You know, I, I keep saying this, but the weather, uh, it keeps being nice. So I keep going out. Lots of baseball. It's been great. It's past few weeks, you know, I've said it, past few podcasts, it's just been great getting outside. And um, besides that, opening day is, you know, what, two days away. That's amazing. One day away,
0: it's tomorrow.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, if you're, li- yeah, yeah for, for you guys listening, it is tomorrow. Which is just. We're amazing. recording this on Tuesday,
0: so it's two days away for us.
1: Yeah, so for us, two days away, but still a great feeling. Um, gonna be watching some Cubs baseball. You know, it's gonna be in like the 30s in Chicago for opening day, but it doesn't matter. You know, I'm still very excited. I'm not not like I'm going. You know, just for the players, whatever. But um, I I'm super excited. And our opening series is against the Pirates, which um, you know, I don't want to jump ahead of myself here, but should be. I, that should be a series we can win to open up the year. So, I'm super excited for Opening Day and everything going on. Um, yeah, Jack, how are you doing? I'm doing great, and I have big news for you. I have big news for the show. Ooh, all right, big news. What's well, what's the news?
0: Ori will return next week. He is on in on vacation this week. He is in Florida, but next week he is coming back, and he will return. Wow. Long, long long absence. Yeah, it's been like we're the host of the show. Who is Ori? Some of our listeners probably don't even know who he is. Or, yeah, so uh, he's coming back next week, I guess. That's good. Next week. And me personally, I've been good. Been uh, just great weather out today. It is awesome. It's like 70 Perfect. and sunny with a brisk breeze. It is amazing. Oh, yeah. But Sammy, let's get right into the football. So, the NFL, Roger Goodell announced today that there's going to be a 17-game season next year. I was just wondering your thoughts on that because I personally have some pretty strong opinions on it.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, for me, a lot of people are, like, really uh, upset about this, and I don't love it. Like, I didn't really see a need to change that. I I do like the fact that they're cutting down on preseason they're making that only three weeks, um, which is where they're getting the extra game from. So I have no issue with that. But uh, in terms of 17 games, like, I have no opinion, really. Like, I um, I just didn't really feel like they needed to change it. Uh, I don't know what really called for that. What I will say, I mean, you know, an extra game of football. I mean, at the end of the day, it's fine by me. Like, I, I didn't really have any strong opinion either way.
0: Yeah, so, you know, I just felt like it was such a money grab, like the NFL, it was not necessary for them to do this. And the only and by that point in the season, the divisions are going to be decided, no one is going to be playing for anything. Really, so I feel like it's the only thing that it's going to do is cause more injuries in that last week of the season before the playoffs.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. And you know, that, that that's obviously where a lot of the complaints come from and I I totally get it. I I agree. It's just It is an extra week of football. I mean, you know, it is a money grab. It is going to maybe cause some extra injuries. But, I mean, I don't know if the divisions would necessarily be decided by week 17. I mean, there are always going to be close races at the end of the season, no matter how many games you're playing. So, I think, um, I still think, you know, it's not too horrible. But, uh, well, I agree with you. There's no reason for the NFL to do it. It is a pretty clear money grab. But uh, an extra game, like I said, I'll take it in other football news. Oh my
0: god, Sammy. I have to interrupt you for one second. We have very, very awful news. Very scary. Uh, right now the USC Gonzaga game is going on and the ref just collapsed on the court. There is no no re- no one, there was no like incident that happened the re- like that caused this. It just looked like the ref just collapsed like just fainted on the court
1: really oh yeah
0: it's God. it's very scary
1: uh, he just oh, me. he I mean, he just fainted yeah i i mean i i was going to watch like the second half of that game as we're recording now but um i haven't seen that yet that's uh
0: yeah the cart that is just the cart the cart is coming up so we definitely just want to give our prayers out to that ref we hope he has a speedy recovery we hope it's it's nothing serious. Hopefully, he was just dehydrated or something. But
1: I mean, it, it doesn't it
0: doesn't look good right now. It's a very scary scene.
1: Are you streaming it live right now as we're talking here? No,
0: I just no, Sammy. I would never disrespect the podcast <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, I um no, I saw it on Twitter and my mom texted me about it just now. So I'm just I pulled it up on my phone and I'm just trying to see right now. They have the um the The stretcher out. He the ref was not involved in the play. He was just off to the side in the corner, and he collapsed. Uh, there's they stopped playing right now. They're tending to him.
1: Man, uh, he's dude. just
0: laying there on the ground. But oh my God. I mean, this is
1: oh, that's a scary situation. That's an Remember- awful scene. That
0: is very scary. Uh, this took a really morbid turn. Yeah, but, uh, yeah.
1: But, I mean, I remember it happened earlier this year in college basketball. Uh, sort of a similar thing with uh, uh,
0: the the John Florida Johnson. player.
1: Yeah, that was. Um, I think that's his name. That was scary. I mean, that's that's scary. I mean, obviously, hopefully, he's okay. Um, that's that's scary. Wow. I yikes. Uh, so, I guess with that in mind, you know, we'll keep, if we hear anything else, obviously, you guys will we'll keep the future, you updated throughout. So- yeah, I mean, and, and, and you guys, down. I mean, obviously, like,
0: when you guys are hearing this, you're going to have a lot more information than we are, yeah. but, you know.
1: But um, moving on in NFL news, as we were going, um, the Ravens finally signed a wide receiver. It was Sammy Watkins, one year, $6 million. But they had a lot of other wide receivers they were looking at, and other wide receivers they offered pretty big contracts to, including T.Y. Hilton who did not sign. He's back with the Colts. And uh, similar, similarly, Juju Smith-Schuster, who re-signed with Pittsburgh. So is it concerning for Baltimore in this offense that they couldn't get any of their targeted star receivers? Because, you know, they cut Mark Ingram. And Lamar Jackson is good, no doubt, but he's going to need some help. And at this point, I don't know if he can trust Marque- Marquise Brown to be your number one receiver. He had a rough year last year.
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely concerning for the Ravens because Mark Andrews is a great tight end. Marquise Brown is a great, you know, number two. You put on the outside, he can burn people. He's super fast, but he's not your he's not your wide receiver one. He's not a guy. He's like you can throw the ball up there in big situations and expect him to make the play. You can't do that with him. You can do that with Mark Andrews, but you need more than just a yeah. good tight end if you want to be a super bowl contending team and lamar jackson we saw a bit of a regression last year when it comes to throwing the football specifically
1: i mean i, I wouldn't call it a regression i, I mean like that 20 what he certainly was insane he, i mean i'm not saying it was it, it technically
0: was a regression cuz he had yeah, it down here I, mean, I
1: mean he went down but like i don't think people should get too down on Lamar Jackson here. I mean, but I just know, think I just right think of, that you know. if
0: that offense, if you give Lamar Jackson a legitimate number one wide receiver, you mentioned that they were in on TY Hilton, they were in yeah. on Juju Smith Schuster, they were also in on Kenny Galladay, and they didn't get they, they 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 swung and miss missed on all three of them. And that is just not good because if you put a number
1: one wide receiver in that
0: offense, I mean
1: Yeah, I mean that's gonna you- be scary. Where do you think Sammy Watkins fits in here? You know, kind of a number two guy behind Brown. I mean, because do you think they're still going to maybe try to make it, you know, another swing maybe with a trade? Because, you know, if they want to contend next year for the Super Bowl, which they're talented enough to do so with a few additions, you know, like at the wide receiver position, they're going to need that guy. Um, Is Sammy Watkins that guy? I mean, I don't really think he is.
0: No, he's not that guy. He was – the third option on that Kansas City team behind Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, he will be the second or third option on this team behind Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. Maybe ahead of Marquise Brown, I'm not too sure. It depends on what they're trying to do with Marquise Brown. Are they going to make him that? Are they going to force him to be that number one wide receiver, or are they going to let him play the outside and just burn guys and use his speed as sort of that speedy wide receiver yeah. that That's what every Super Bowl team has.
1: Yeah, I mean, and this could be an interesting duo because these are two guys that have kind of been known for pretty blazing speed. And, you know, Sammy Watkins is definitely on the older side, so he's probably lost that pep in his step maybe over the last few years. But, you know, these are two very um, above-average, like, sprint speed guys, and that could cause issues, especially considering you also have, like, the fastest quarterback – uh, in, in the NFL. So a lot of speed coming at you, and that could be tricky for defenses. So maybe that's where this front office is coming at I mean, I think out of the guys left, Sammy Watkins was definitely one of the best available. I think the Ravens really did try to get these star guys, you know, like Hilton, Galladay, uh, Smith-Schuster, but it, it just, it didn't, no one signed with them. It's not really their fault, but um, I have a feeling they're, maybe have something else up their sleeve in the coming weeks and coming. You months. think so? Yeah.
0: I mean, that'd be pretty cool. And just, just quickly the, um the official Burt Smith is now up and being taken off the floor and back to the locker room. So that's a little bit of good news that he's up and that is up and that's good moving. News. But Sammy blockbuster trade happened this past week. The dolphins traded their number three pick to the 49ers for a trio of first round picks. And then they move to uh, they to trade with the Eagles, and then they get the number six pick from the Eagles. So a bit of finagling from the Dolphins there, and I think that this was such a good deal for the Dolphins. I think that they really got away with one here. I mean, oh, yeah. I, and I also think that this sets them up perfectly to trade for Deshaun Watson.
1: Yeah, I, I guess with all the draft capital they have kind of acquired, and you know, I mean Deshaun Watson though, I mean. It's a very uh I don't think I don't think that's gonna stop right I don't think that's gonna now. stop an NFL team from
0: trading for him though.
1: But it might stop him from playing next year. So I mean I I, I it think might definitely I mean because we were unsure if he was gonna get traded anyway. I think with all of you know this drama I guess happening I think you know, he I gets, think gets traded. I, I don't know. I mean we'll we'll just have to see what happens, but I I do agree, you know, if if they're trying to make it run at Watson, which who knows, but if that is the case, uh, this helps having all that draft capital. And even if you don't, you have a bunch of first round draft picks you've acquired, and you've only moved down in this draft three picks. So even maybe if you don't get Watson, maybe you draft another quarterback to kind of share the field with Tua. I mean, that's a whole situation. Who knows? I mean, uh, it's very tricky, but, um, You have no matter what you have a lot of picks you've acquired and you've only moved three back. The dolphins are playing chess here. Everyone else. I think the 49ers are kind of playing checkers. It's a kind of unfortunate situation for them because yeah, they got the number three pick, but I don't understand it because you got Garoppolo and yeah, you could trade Garoppolo, but what's his value? What are you going to get for Garoppolo? I don't think you're going to get that much. These past few years. Really throughout his whole career, he's never been a star quarterback, but the 49ers a few years ago paid him like one. Not really a smart move, but now trading up to the number, to the number three pick, it seems like they're going to want to get one of those top QBs in the draft. And so it's kind of admitting failure on the whole Garoppolo thing in my eyes, and I don't know. I just – I struggle with what the 49ers are doing here. You lose a lot of picks just to move up three spots. I mean, they must have been sure that the Dolphins were going to take someone to, or someone before them is going to take the guy they want, uh, whoever that may be. But I, what do you think from the 49ers' perspective? I mean, because at this point, I'd have to say Garoppolo's probably going to get traded, right? yeah. Yeah,
0: I would say they came out and said that Garoppolo is not going to get traded, but NFL teams lie all the time. So I you got to take that with a grain of salt. So I still think that he gets dealt. And, you know, the 49ers are now looking at either drafting Trey Lance, Mac Jones, or Justin Fields. Those are the three quarterbacks that they're, they're going to be targeting. So one of them is going to go at number three, and it's going to be interesting to see who they get. And I'm just so baffled. Of what the Eagles did? Yeah, I'm, I'm confused. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm flabbergasted. I don't understand it. They it's- tanked against the Giants to get the number six pick, and then they proceed to trade the number six pick back for really little to no value.
1: Yeah, I the Eagles. It's pretty surprising how many um, just lack of, you know, thought process moves they keep making. Lack of just any you know brains i guess uh, to make a lot of these moves and this is a really messed up franchise at this point they like they're going to have a long road back up to get uh to be a successful football team because they are still still have one of the highest you know salaries um you know salary uh total salary in football uh maybe like, what, top five, I believe. I'm not sure what the exact number is, but... Yeah, something like that. You are your top pick in the draft. You, you traded away Carson Wentz, who was your franchise quarterback, and you had one bad year under horrible coaching where there was nothing working. I mean, this is a disaster of a franchise right now. I, I, think, I think the Texans are kind of... I think the Eagles are giving the Texans a run for their money right now. In terms of being, I don't
0: know how close it is. It's still, the Texans are a disaster.
1: I mean, I, I guess the Eagles had more success. They got the Super Bowl in the past few years. But, you know, since that Super Bowl, a lot of disappointing seasons. And then you have one really bad season, but you still have high salary totals and you trade away your draft pick. I mean, it's, there is it's a It's not lot a good of-
0: situation, but Sammy, <laughs> you're wearing a Cubs hat. Sammy, what league do the Cubs play in?
1: The National League.
0: The National League. What league is the National League a part of?
1: Major League Baseball.
0: <laughs> Major League Baseball, and we're <laughs> going to get to the baseball. It is time for the awards, the annual MOB Award prediction episodes. We're going to start off with the MVP. Sammy, who is your AL MVP?
1: AL MVP and you know this is kind of the uh, typical answer, but I had to do it. Mike Trout. I, I think it's kind of silly like to not like if you were betting, I would put a lot of money on Mike Trout for the AL MVP because this guy is so consistent. He I was looking today um, before last year, he had never finished um, out of fourth place in the MVP vote. And last year, he finished in fifth place. So this guy is consistently up there. He's going to be in the MVP race again without a question. And, you know, I don't really have to explain what's so great about Mike Trout. He does everything top-notch. He's a top-notch fielder. He says he's done a lot of work to improve because he said last year was a bad fielding season for him, which wasn't one of his best, but he was still great. So he's put a lot of work into that aspect. And then even on the offensive side of the plate, Mike Trout thought he had a bad year last year. What is in store for 2021? I mean, last year, he was fifth in the MVP vote, and it was a bad year. So um, this guy's a stud. He's one of the goats of baseball. He's going to win the MVP, in my eyes, in the AL. Sammy,
0: everything you just said, Play it again because I also have Mike <laughs> Trout as my AL MVP. You know, sometimes I feel like we try to go for the sexy pick, we try to get fancy, get too cute. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what are we doing? We're picking the player that has the best chance to win the MVP. Now, why would you not pick the best player in baseball? Because, Simmy, wouldn't the best player in baseball have the best chance to have the best season? Like, he would I and he does logic, logic. just like logic. The
1: odds. I mean, it's logic, exactly
0: logic so, so let's move on
1: to the nl yeah right. and let's nl do- is very interesting i, I like it's going to be a fun race to watch no Timmy, matter-
0: why do i have a gut feeling that we have the same person here
1: i don't i i, I we i we may because i think there are a ton of guys i think mookie betts is an option ronald acuna is an option Juan soto is an option tatis i mean even sleeper picks maybe like real muto is a sleeper pick baez maybe in a perfect world for me, (laughs) but um, there are a lot of guys that can win this award. I, okay, so let me explain myself a little bit here. I have Ronald Acuna in my prediction. I think Acuna is going to win this award based on how people, you know, typically vote for this award, but I think it should be Juan Soto. And I'll explain myself. I think Juan Soto is a much better hitter than Acuna. I think Acuna um, not nothing against him, but the strikeout rate is not a great thing. It, it increased from 2019 where it was already high to 2020. It's not good. Soto doesn't have any of that. Soto's hitting is, um, it's just full fledged, no flaws about it. No flaws with the Soto's hitting. He hits for power. He hits to all fields. He doesn't strike out much. He walks a lot. He takes great at bats and, not to say Acuna doesn't do all those things, but the taking up bats, the strikeouts part of it, not as good. And I think their power is about equal. And I think why I have Acuna actually winning the award is because I think the voters for this award really like to see flashy players, fast players, pl- uh, players can get stolen bases. I mean, hell, Acuna could get a 40-40 season this year. I, don't, I think that's not far out of the question at all, Um and he's a much better defender than Soto, without question, unless Soto was, you know, really revved it up this year. But no, Acuna is one of the best uh, defensive outfielders in the game. And I think that's why he's going to win it. But in my eyes, I think Soto should win it. I don't know if that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, Acu- my official pick is going to be Acuna.
0: Simi, I have Juan Soto. Oh, okay.
1: I think that... What you said
0: made sense, but I think that so there's always the risk that Acuna gets hurt. He's been a little bit injury prone in his first couple of years. And Soto is so you can make the case that Soto is the best pure hitter in baseball.
1: Yeah. I, I think and, without question. I mean
0: and I mean you can also make the case for Mike Trout, but you know.
1: I, I think at this point, I think Soto is um I would I would what go, I, so I still far. think Mike Trout is I it's mean, the I guess hitter he, hasn't, he hasn't had as much uh, sample size, obviously, but in terms of what Soto has done so far, he's been near perfect. I mean, it's been incredible.
0: Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, I think that Soto, what he's done on the offensive side of the ball has just been, okay. It's not football, Jack. On the offensive side of the plate has just been nothing short of spectacular. It's been incredible. He's been, such a good hitter so he is my NL mvp pick and now sammy it is time for the cy youngs and just warning you that my yankee bias is going to start to show a little bit here but and i don't think it's even biased because al cy young i have garrett cole now garrett cole is the best pitcher in the al like the same thing with mike trout why would i not choose the best pitcher in the al to have the best season in the al you know it's just logic like like percent like math and ma- mathematically we're not a math pod but mathematically i had the best chance to, to get my prediction right if you choose anyone other than garrett cole because i chose that the best pitch i basically said that the best pitcher in the american league is going to have the best season in the american league so garrett cole is my prediction
1: yeah and i'm gonna go with someone jeffrey and i think cole i he was my pick last year um He's amazing. He's the second best pitcher in baseball. He's the best pitcher in the American league in terms of what he's done in his career so far, but there is someone that is coming. Uh, He's a young guy, Lucas Giolito. I think he's going to win the AL Cy Young. I think one of us had him as his pick last year. It may have been Ori, but
0: I I think it was me. No, it was Ori. It was Ori. I don't remember who it
1: was, but, um, uh, yeah, I'm going with Giolito just based on how great this guy has been really since past like few years. And I love to see guys who are highly touted, like Giolito. Maybe they struggle first part of their career. But then they turn it around and show them why they're such a highly touted prospect. That's exactly what Lucas Giolito has done. Last year, I'm looking at his baseball savant page. All of those uh, percentile rankings are like dark red. He is like 90 percentile in a lot of things expected ERA expected batting average, expected slugging, expected strikeout percentage with percentage. I mean, he he is a beast. And I think with a team like the White Sox, that is going to be so exciting um, up and coming. I think people are going to really look at that and look at the success of that team, because I think they will be very successful. And I think they'll give a lot of it to Giolito and, I think that's why he's gonna win the Cy Young. I, I think, you know, I'm very excited to see what this guy's gonna do. His stuff is incredibly nasty. Um, he has control, which he, which is which was his original issue, but he's figured that out. Chilito's my AL pick, and uh, for the NL, I, this is once again a, a lot of guys in the NL that could go out and win this award. I think you you have older guys, maybe like a Serge, Scherzer. You have younger guys like Bueller, but for this one, I'm going to have to go with the obvious. I'm going to have to go with the man, the myth, the legend, Jacob de deGrom. Uh, this guy is just – i like, there are a lot of guys, like, they're really good, but, like, I could see, like, yeah, that's real. Jacob de deGrom, I don't think he's human. Like, I, I don't think that should be possible. I mean, what he has done – through the past few years of his career, really the whole extent of his career, this guy has been nothing short of amazing. And the funny thing is, every year, this guy is getting better. I mean, a few years ago, he was throwing, like, what, 95? Last year, he was hitting 100 sometimes. And I heard, like, he was, like, there was a bullpen where he hit, like, 102, 103. So, I mean, this guy, he, like, he's the best at his, what he does, and he keeps getting better. So I, I can't really go against that in the NL. He is um he's going to be the NL Cy Young award winner, uh, I believe.
0: So, my NL Cy Young winner, Sammy Morris Crimstein is Blake Snell.
1: Oh, I want to hear this. This is this is much more of a hot take. But I want to hear it. This is a
0: bit of a hot take, although I mean he's won it before, so I don't know yeah. how much of a hot take it actually has been. But when Blake Snell was with the Rays, they limited his innings. We saw it in the World Series. They pulled him when he was pitching one of the best games of his life. You know, in in San Diego, he's going to have a lot more freedom. He's going to pitch deeper into games. He's not going to have the pressure that he did in uh, Tampa Bay, where he was the bona fide ace of that rotation. In San Diego, he might be the ace, but, like, you know,
1: you, have Darvish, you can you
0: have make a case a for Darvish to, to be the ace. You can make a case for Lamette, Like, like, He won't have the pressure on him because that rotation is so good. And the team is good. He's going to get plenty of run support. And I think that he's going to be the NL Cy Young. Well,
1: obviously, because I I have him winning it. I think that's an interesting take. I agree with the part that, like, the fact that he's not the bona fide ace anymore really helps. It takes the pressure off his shoulders. And I think that part will give him more freedom. However, I, I kind of disagree with what you were saying about the innings in Blake Snell and how he'll have more innings. Um, And he'll be more successful. So we have to think about why his limit innings were being limited. You know, the statistics were showing that once you get to the third, fourth time around on him, he was not having as much success. So, you know, looking at the stats, I would assume that this year, as he's going to get more opportunities to see hitters, the third and fourth time around, he's not going to have as much success. So, that's where I'm coming from with Blake Snell. I, I think he's great. I think he could definitely be in the conversation, but I think there's a real chance for a regression in San Diego just because he's getting more innings, more chance to give up more runs, and that ERA will plummet and, you know, I, I think, or skyrocket, I guess, uh, depending on which way you think of it. But I don't think Snell's going to do it. But uh, I I think that's an interesting take. Sammy,
0: you can look at it in the other way also that he can rack up more strikeouts. He can rack up, he can rack up a better ERA because he'll have more chances to lower his ERA. Yeah. So there are other ways to look at it. But let's go on now to the Roy's
1: rookie of the year. And- that's
0: what Roy's mean. Actually, no, Ritoi, rookie of the year. I forgot the the.
1: Oh, he, we forgot that the. the. But, uh, Don't
0: forget the the. It's, it's one of the most important – it's the fourth most important word in that, in that phrase.
1: It is. Yeah, there are only four. But um, I'm going to go AL first, I guess. And I'm going to go with the guy who's just been just tearing it up this spring. And he has really put me on notice. I, I was aware of him before, but now – he is on my radar as a, uh, a storm. He's coming through. His name is Bobby Dalbeck of the uh, Red Sox. Ah. This guy is, I don't, if, if we had the same pick again, it's okay. We, we don't,
0: trust me, we okay. don't. Okay
1: yeah. okay, yeah, I guess Jack would not never have picked a Red Sox, but this guy. Dalbec. Dalbeck. This guy, uh, there, there are a lot of guys who could win this award in the AL, one of which uh, would be Alex Vaughn, uh, I believe, uh, from the White Sox, but. Is it my, my issue with Vaughn winning the award is that he has never played above Class A before. Dahlbeck has had experience and has played very well at higher minor league levels. And then he comes into spring as a highly touted prospect and tears it up, 311 batting average, like 1,200 OPS, seven home runs. That was one shy of the league lead behind my boy, Jock Peterson, and uh, 16 RBIs. So he had a great spring, and Jack is probably going to disagree with me here. My NL rookie of the year pick, but um, or AL, excuse me, but uh, Dahlbeck has had an incredible spring, and I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, regular season time, Sammy, I'm a little baffled by this pick. Now,
0: I mean, you, you mentioned two players Bobby Dahlbeck, who is your pick, and then you also mentioned Andrew Vaughn. I can name five guys who I think have a better chance to win the Rookie of the Year than either of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to name five guys, and the last one I'm going to name is my pick. So, number one, Randy
1: Arozarena. I don't I, I, I think, know. I think it's fair, but for me, I don't trust what he did. I mean, like, I am just... Number two, Wander Franco.
0: Number
1: yeah. three, Ryan
0: Mountcastle. Number four, Adley Rushman, and then my guy. And I was debating between, and I I ended up going with Jared Kalenic. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I Kalenic was right on my radar as well. I was debating between Arena and Kalenic, and it basically came down to the fact that Arena went on a tear, right? But he's had time in the MLB, and the league that we've seen it so many times where a player has a scorching hot first month or so or first couple of months and then they go cold because the league makes an adjustment to them this is what's called the sophomore slump right and a might be the only rookie to have the sophomore slump because the league there's film on him there's tape the league can make adjustments you know and it was also like he kind of came out of nowhere like he was a prospect, but was he like a big prospect? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, not, not necessarily. I feel like people are basing that on his hot, like two months. And yes, it was like the greatest two months ever, but you know, like, I feel like, you know, anyone can have a a good two months, but I mean, not anyway, I'm going to move on now to my NL MVP or NL rookie of the year. And this was such an easy decision for me. Once we heard That 6th, though, Sanchez was going to be, you know, they're going to manipulate a little bit of his service time. You got to go with Cabrian Hayes here. So I I think Cabrian Hayes, he's such a good hitter. He's just such a dynamic player. So I have Cabrian Hayes winning the NL Rookie
1: of the Year. I was going to have Hayes winning it because, you know, he's an NL Central guy. I I think I got to see his debut, and he was like, hmm, he was just
0: so fun to watch. Between the two of us, we've seen – to Brian Hayes' debut, Lucas Giolito's debut, Trey Turner's debuts, Aaron. I, I mean gee.
1: I wasn't there. It was there were no fans, obviously, but I was oh, watching on TV. Just, so you didn't see it. I saw it on TV. No, 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 no. You watched it. You, How could I have seen his debut? There you was, made it sound no Sammy,
0: Sammy, you made it sound like you were there. No, oh, I that's not what I meant. I, I was watching on TV. I mean, Sammy, fun. this is so you didn't see you weren't at his debut. Like I wasn't at his debut. I yeah, you, you Okay, perfect. I I watched like Mike Trout's debut.
1: I've seen videos of it. You know, like what? A, what's the difference? I was watching live. I mean, that that's that's a little bit different. But whatever is it though? Yeah, I I, I think. Watching live. I think so.
0: Okay, who's your NL Rookie of the Year?
1: My NL Rookie of the Year is it's kind of similar situation to you. Uh, not Sixto Sanchez, however, staying in that division, Ian Anderson, NL Rookie of the Year. He's going to be eligible for this Don't award. Hate it. And this guy is pretty insane and very underrated, an uh, a underrated part of an underrated rotation. I mean, when you think about the Braves, best case scenario, right? If, if Soroka comes back, well, Soroka's coming back. If he's healthy and he, like, is back to where he was, you have three aces, I'd say, on your staff in Freed, Soroka, and Ian Anderson, who had a sub-two ERA last year in the postseason had 15 innings, no earned runs, and this guy's a devastating changeup. I was watching highlights of it, I don't know how you hit that. It's incredible. As you as couldn't a- hit it, play- Sammy.
0: Hmm, you couldn't hit
1: it. I couldn't know, no way. No, <laughs> I could not. I, I couldn't cannot, hit it either. Yeah, no one could hit uh, Ian Anderson's changeup, and you know, he, he throws 95. I'm looking maybe even for that velocity to rise a little bit this year. But uh, similarly to Giolito, you go on his baseball savant page, and all of those percentile rankings are in dark red. And this guy's only 22. I think uh, bright future for him. Uh, And like I said, underrated part of a really underrated rotation. So I think Anderson is my guy. I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year.
0: Sammy, it is now time for the batting titles. We're going to start off in the AL. Sammy... Would you like to tell me who my batting title winner is in the AL?
1: Your batting title. Uh, hmm. let's see. I wonder who it is. I'm gonna guess. Uh, just a random guess here. Oh, random. Completely Very random. random. I just I I spun a wheel out of all the it's players. It's not like I'm it extremely happened, biased. It happened to land on this one. Is it by chance? DJ LeMahieu. Uh-huh. I mean, what an
0: unbelievable guess by Sammy here. It is DJ LeMayhu. I mean, yep. he's the machine. Like, there's no other way to say it. Uh, if you don't have DJ LeMayhu winning the batting title, you are flat out wrong.
1: Wow. So I, I guess Jack is um I guess Jack is calling me wrong. You're trying to get too cute. You're getting cute, Sammy. You're not cute, Sammy. I mean, you're a very good looking guy, but you're not cute, Sammy. Come on. Okay. I think I am pretty cute here in this regard. I have uh, Tim Anderson winning this award. This guy, uh, it's pretty remarkable what he does because we, we talk about his batting, bat, right? batting average on balls in play. And this guy consistently is the top, you know, he is has this really high batting average and balls in play and really high batting average. This guy just hits the ball hard, line drives, line drives, line drives. High batting average, and he is an integral part, integral part of this White Sox lineup, which is very good. So I think this is one of the best contact hitters in baseball. I think people may be sleeping on him a little bit because of those high Babbit numbers, but look, he's been able to sustain that for long enough. Where I think he'll be able to sustain that high Babbit again. So uh, I have Anderson winning it, but you know, I think Lemayu, you know, obviously could go out there and easily Sammy. Oh, Wasn't Tim
0: Anderson one of your mo- most overrated players when we did overrated, underrated? I think I, I maybe, but... I, I, I he do, was. I think he is overrated. But so I, I, what I, are you talking about? And having a high BABIP is not a good thing. It means you're lucky. He's gotten lucky. But he's done it for so long,
1: and that's my thing. I mean, luck doesn't... He's just, done it, like, twice. He's hitting the ball hard. He, he's hitting it, uh, you know, obviously in spots where people aren't getting to it. I mean... Sammy, Sammy. I mean, I don't. He, he's had, you he know, had the 2018,
0: 2019, he had a high Babbitt. 2017, he had a high Babbitt, but not like as high. Like, I mean, I get it. He's done it a lot, but that's luck. That's like saying a guy's gotten lucky a lot. I mean, I don't know. I don't even have to explain DJ Mayu because he's DJ LeMayu. But in the NL, I have Christian Yelich.
1: Christian Yelich. Yeah. Now, well, I know. think that
0: Yelich is going to have a bounce back year. He, um, you know, he didn't have the best year last year, but he's consistently two-time batting title winner, 2018, 2019. I think he's the guy he's going to have a monster year in 2021.
1: Yeah. And I'm going go. to We're two days away. I 10, know, 10. man. Ooh. All right. And so, I'm, I'm not going to go with Yelich. I don't know how well, I mean, I think he's going to bounce back for sure, but I don't know if it's going to be nearly as, um, I, I don't know if he's going to be nearly as good. My, um, NL batting title champion is going to be the, actually the same guy I think I went with last year. I'm going to go with Mookie Betts. He might be my favorite player outside of the Cubs in baseball. I love Mookie Betts. He's so great. And um, you, you'll look at these Stackhouse numbers and his expected uh, batting average stats are always consistently in the top, you know, eight, 10% in the league. And that's what you want when you're looking for someone who's going to win the batting title. I think he's going to do it. Um, you know, this is, his is what uh, only his God. Is this only his second year in uh, LA? I guess it is. Wow. It's yeah. Been, it's been longer than yeah. 60 game season, but uh, I, I think, you know, this is going to be his first full season with the Dodgers. And I think he's going to be really be explosive. I think the power numbers are not going to be astronomical for him, but is always going to find ways to get hits uh, hence he's going to be my uh, batting title for the NL. So I, what, what do you think about that pick? I, I think that Mookie's a, always a solid pick for that.
0: Yeah, no, you're never going to go wrong with, with Mookie, Mookie bets. but Sammy, it's now time for drum roll, please.
1: That was not a drum roll. That was a whistle.
0: Home run king. So we're going to start off in the American League, Sammy. Who is your home run king in the American League?
1: All right, yeah. So my, uh, my, my take for AL home run champ—it's a hot one. I have a really hot take for this. So you want to know who it is, Jack? On a scale of one to ten, how hot is this take?
0: I'd have to go with an definitely, probably an eight. Wow, an eight, Sammy! I cannot wait to hear this take, and we're gonna hear it right after. I tell you who is sponsoring this episode, Sammy. This episode is sponsored by Skin Store. For over 20 years, the Skin Store has been the number one destination for premium skincare, hair care, and beauty products with over 8,000 different products from 300 different brands. The Skin Store has you covered for all your hair, cosmetics, supplements, and, of course, skincare needs. Your favorite brands like Elta MD, New Face, Olaplex, and more all in one place with gifts with every purchase. Right now, the Skin Store is offering our listeners 20% off your next purchase by using the code POD, that is P-O-D, for 20% off your next purchase at skinstore.com slash pod.list. That is skinstore.com slash pod.list. Skin Store had the confidence to tackle the day ahead. Exclusions apply.
1: All right. So after our uh, our lovely word from our sponsor or from Jack talking about our sponsor, um, we are going. I am going to tell you my hot take. And My hot take is Franmil Reyes of the Cleveland Indians. This guy is kind of just a, a monster of a human being. He is just he's a tank. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, he let's see in twenty nineteen. Fifth in Major League Baseball in exit Velo. 2020, he was right up there again. 2019, also top 20 in barrels. And you know what you have to do to hit home home run, Jack? You got to hit it hard, and you got to barrel it up. Really, I did not know that. I was not aware of that information. This guy does it better than almost anyone. He's incredible. Um, I think he could easily go for like – Not easily, but, you know, I think he could go for 45 to 50 home runs if he gets the at-bats, which I think he will. This Indians team is rebuilding, and I think he finally is going to have a full season where he's going to be a starter in that lineup. And honestly, he's the best outfielder on that team. He's going to be in a prime position to hit a ton of dingers, and I think he's going to do it. I think it's a hot take, but sometimes you got to throw yourself out there. I think Fran Reyes, I love the guy. He's going to be the home run champ. Of the AL,
0: that is certainly a flaming hot take. And Sammy, this is extreme bias, but my AL home run champ is John Stanton. He's had a fl- he had a flaming hot postseason, a flaming hot spring training, and I think he's going to continue to have a flaming hot season. And he's doing yoga. He's going to stay healthy. Optimism, optimism, optimism. John Carlo, Home Run King. Now we move on to the National League of American Baseball. Cody Bellinger is my home run king in the National League. You know, he didn't have the greatest 2020, but he started to heat up at the end of last season. And I think he's going to ride that momentum all the way to a hot 2021. We've seen him put up MVP numbers before. I think he's going to do it again. That is my NL and AL home run kings.
1: I'm or maybe, getting, uh, maybe
0: maybe Giancarlo is the king, Cody Bellinger is the queen.
1: Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I, I am going to go with one Ronald Acuna, who I also have winning the MVP, and I think this is going to be one of the things that is going to help him get there. Yes, he strikes out a lot, but guess what? That doesn't affect how many home runs you hit. This guy, it's for insane power. I think the injuries are a bit of an issue. That could hurt him in that regard. But if he stays healthy, He, I think, is in prime position, you know, kind of like I was talking about with Franmil Reyes, to hit a lot of home runs this year. Um, And I I think it's going to be Acuna. This guy's insane pop. He's a very well-rounded player, 5 tool. So, um, but yeah, home runs, obviously, you need that pop. And I think he's got that pop. And finally, we are going to go with our World Series matchup and predictions. Here we are. It's almost April. It's March 30th, and um, we're going to predict our World Series all the way here on out. Very early, but let's see how accurate we can get. Jack, I will let you go first here.
0: First, Sammy, I have a flaming hot take for you. All right. I have the Dodgers and Yankees.
1: Dodgers and Yankees, all right. I mean. Yeah, how, how many games do you think that's going to? Dodgers, Yankees. God, I'd, I'd put that to seven, right? I'd put it at seven. I have the Dodgers I'd, winning. Make it a little fun. Okay. All right. Now, I'm going to go with a little more of a, uh, an alternate opinion here. I'm not going to have the Dodgers winning the NL pennant. And this is not really – there's no, like, grandmaster reasoning behind this. I This is just a gut feeling here. I think the Braves are a great team. I was already talking about how – Underrated, they are in terms of their pitching. Their offense was the best in baseball last year, and I'm gonna have them going to the World Series, going up against the Yankees. And I'm gonna have the Yankees winning it all, Jack. Uh, I'm making making you happy. Thank guy. you. Thank you, Sammy. This is a historic day. You That's have great. the Yankees going further than me. I do. I know. I think the Yankees. I mean, this has got to be the year, right? If you're the Yankees, uh, you know, i oh, a super yeah. Yankee fan. This is kind of the year you have got to win it and I feel like we keep saying it but like seriously this team is really good easily the best team in the AL you're gonna probably get the one seed if you're healthy in the AL the Yankees are in a very good position to make a deep run in the playoffs and win the World Series the biggest obstacle is the Dodgers but in my uh, alternate reality here or not maybe not alternate future reality um I have the Braves beating the Dodgers in the NLCS so you don't have to even worry about the Dodgers as a Yankees fan anymore. So yeah, I have the Yankees winning it all, but um, we'll see how everything turns out. I think we're going to see some crazy stuff here. And um, that is true. After we missed our 162 game season last year, so that does it for our definitely missed it. <laughs> that does it for our World Series matchup and predictions. And now we're going to move on to uh, some hot and cold here for spring training. Um, And so we have a lot of guys, obviously, a lot of guys don't really take the spring training stats that seriously, and we don't really either. But we're in this segment. We are going to analyze every bit of them, and we're going to see who's coming into the season flaming hot and who is coming into the season uh, cold as ice. So, Jack, I will let you get started. Let's start with hot. Let's start with hot. And I'll give Jack uh, an opportunity to go with his guy.
0: I mean, Sammy, I have Josh Bell as my hot guy. He has been absolutely incredible. He has a 1.328 OPS, six homers, a 383 batting average, and a 456 on base percentage. I mean, those numbers are crazy. He is just, I feel like every time I check my phone, I just get a notification from MLB, the MLB app saying,
1: Josh Bell has hit a three run home run. All right. Well, I'm going to go with someone that, uh, Actually, has a higher OPS. What was Josh Bell's? Uh, Josh Bell's OPS was one point three two eight. So my guy, one point four three one. Which let's see if that's the yeah. highest here in spring training. It. Let's see. It. All right. Well, let's see. Well, for, for some reason <laughs> it does not show up. I don't know why, but it is higher than Josh Bell's. Among the highest in spring training, no matter what. But so I'm gonna go with Jock. Peterson I am so happy to say that the Cubs biggest addition this offseason is just raking here in spring training he's tied for the league lead in home runs with eight of them eight of them that's a lot um this he has a 1.431 OPS as I already said he's hitting 378 there's nothing that is going to stop Jock Peterson and I'm so excited to see this guy uh, get some at bats here at Wrigley Field, regular season stuff. I mean, I, ha- I had to do it. There was no- there was nothing that could have convinced me not to say Jock Peterson for this segment. But now, unfortunately, there were some guys who weren't quite as good as Jock Peterson here. In- no bueno, no bueno, and I'm gonna have to go with another guy who's in a new place. And it, unfortunately for Indians fans, it is Eddie Rosario. This guy,
0: struggled.
1: he struggled only a 374 OPS. He had, uh, in, among qualified players, the lowest on base percentage in spring training. And it's not what you want to see for the Indians, right? I mean, you add this guy, you kind of had a lackluster off season, but you're one addition is struggling, it's kind of the opposite of the Cubs, uh, who had a lot off offseason, but their one addition is doing really well. So, um, I think it's just kind of rough for Rosario. I think he's good enough where he'll be able to turn it around. But if he's going to stay not being able to get on base and he's if he's going to stay struggling at the plate, that's going to hurt the Indians because he's not bringing any defensively at all. He's not a good defender.
0: <laughs> no, he is not a good defender. And, Sammy, I have, with my cold guy, I have Matt Carpenter saying he has, th- this is his, I'm going to give you a stat here, 303. Can you guess what stat that is? Oh, my God. Is that his OPS? You know, you might think that's his batting average. That's pretty good, Sammy. 303 but No, it is his OPS. He has a 303 OPS, I a see. 0.54 batting average. That is Gary Sanchez-esque. And, I mean, a 220 on-base percentage? or I, I mean, he has just been brutal.
1: Yeah. I, you know, Carpenter, he had, like, a monster, I believe, 2018 season. Like, that second half, he was, like, in the MVP conversation. And then he just fell off the face of the planet. And he has not been able to hit baseball since. And it's kind of a shame for the Cardinals because if he could be what he was in 2018, which I believe was the year he was really good, um, you have a great lineup. But just by taking him out of the equation, I think it um, it really reduces the quality of that lineup. And it's tough for the Cardinals. But, yeah, batting average, ooh, 0.054 batting average. He only had two in 37 at-bats. So it's not what you want from Matt Carpenter. But, yeah, those are our hot and cold spring training edition. And we're bringing it back for regular season for Major League Baseball, just like we did last year, so we'll be excited to do that every week, and excited that the MLB season's coming back, but there's a lot of other business to attend to today, a lot of basketball news, because the trade deadline was last week, the trade deadline was Wednesday, and it was one of the busiest NBA trade deadlines that we have seen in quite some time. I am a very happy guy. The Bulls, and we'll talk about this, are we're one of the winners of the deadlines? Of the deadline. They acquired Nikola Vucevic and four other high-quality players, including Alfred Gaminu, Daniel Tice, Troy Brown, uh, really good guys uh, from the Magic, Wizards, and Celtics. The Nuggets acquire Aaron Gordon from the Magic, as well as Javal McGee. Celtics acquire Evan Fournier. Uh, Aladipo, Victor Aladipo, goes to the Heat in the Magic, a lot of these guys getting shipped, All of these stars are Magic guys. Three of the guys I mentioned, they acquired five picks, including three first-rounders. And then you got Aldridge with the buyout. He goes to the Nets. Drummond with the buyout. He goes to the Lakers. So very busy trade deadline. A lot of stars going else to other places. Um, so, Jack, I- I'll ask you here. A lot of teams, and I... I'm biased. I think the Bulls won the trade deadline. But from an unbiased perspective, as the Knicks didn't really do too much at the trade deadline this year, who do you think won this deadline? I think you got to say the Brooklyn Nets, Sammy. Hmm. Interesting.
0: I think the Nets, they won eight games in a row leading up to the trade line, despite Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving missing time. uh, Missing time. You know, no other team in that conference can match their star power. And you add... LaMarcus Aldridge, who is a solid, solid player, plus Blake Griffin, who you know, he's not the same player he was, but who knows? He even dunked in his first game. Like once he starts building up that stamina, I'm like, who knows that team is just so stacked. It's almost unfair. They're just, yeah, yeah I mean, they I, can I, go I, out there on any given night and if they want to score, like no matter how many points they want to score, they're going to do it. They can score 140 points every single game if they want.
1: You know the funny thing is, I remember when we were younger. There was like the big three in Miami. There was the big three, I guess, in Golden State. I mean, what? what? What is this? A big? Let's see, KD, Harden, Kyrie. Uh, let's see, Blake Griffin. Um, let's uh, Jordan, DeAndre Jordan, and then you add LaMarcus Aldridge. So they have a big six going right now um it's ridiculous i mean i in the eastern conference i mean i I, the 76ers are a solid team but i don't know i I think there's not really too much debate over which team should win the title of the eastern conference but crazy things happen in the playoffs and you know like the heat last year going as like what a six seed so we'll just have to see but unfortunately that has to do it for us today on Chatter from the Cheap Seats. A lot of t- a lot of stuff to talk about, and we talked about it. Th- please leave a voicemail. Jack will drop the number in just a few minutes after I finish talking here. Uh, definitely drop a voicemail. We we'd love to hear from you. Drop uh, a voicemail. Chatter from but the um, Cheap Seats. Um. um You know, if we just want to say hi in our DMs, you know, we're always looking for conversation. So if you guys just want to start start a conversation,
0: DM us anytime and we will. And the voicemail line is 202-743-1767. That is 202-743-1767. Sammy, any last words? And can I predict your first words going to be?
1: You you can.
0: Fun episode. As always.
1: Fun episode. Oh, I forgot the another. you forgot the another. Another fun episode times 59. We are almost at 60, which is crazy. Soon enough, we'll be at like 2 million or something episodes. No, I don't think that's even possible. But uh, yeah, uh, it's been super fun. A lot of stuff to talk about, of course. And uh, yeah, Uh, Sammy out.
0: (laughs) Sammy out. Jack about to be out in two seconds. Great episode, as always. Love you guys. Appreciate the support. Peace. Sammy, take us out. Bye.